the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. News and talk you can trust. The Morning Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. Thanks for joining us. It is your Wednesday morning answer the day after Election Day. I'm Jennifer Horn. Brian Whitman will be along. Don Dix also hiding out around here. We've got full coverage of yesterday's 2020 presidential election and, of course, an eye on all of the local races right here in California. Now, you went to sleep last night and the electoral count was 238 votes for Joe Biden, 213 votes votes for Donald Trump. That still stands today, but there have been some key shifts in that electoral map uh, overnight. And uh, this just shows, well, why every single vote matters. Right now, the states that have not yet been called for either candidate include Nevada, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, and Georgia. When we went to sleep last night, that map was leaning all towards Trump. It was all light red except for Nevada, which was leaning towards Joe Biden. As I've been watching this map this morning in the last hour, Wisconsin has now been switched light blue. That is leaning towards Joe Biden. Michigan now switched to light blue, leaning towards Joe Biden. In the state of Michigan, this slim margin Joe Biden ahead 49.3% to Donald Trump's 49.1%. In Wisconsin, Joe Biden leading by uh, 49.6% to Donald Trump's 48.9%. Looking ahead at Pennsylvania, Donald Trump with a pretty sizable lead there, but they will be counting votes until Friday in that state. Donald Trump ahead 54.8% to Joe Biden's 44%. In North Carolina, President Trump coming out with a slight lead of 50.1% over Joe Biden's 48.7%. That stayed consistent with last night's numbers. And in the state of Georgia, Donald Trump with a similar lead, 50.5% over Joe Biden's 48.3%. So what does this mean? It means that we are in for a very long week. It means that there are some legal battles that will probably be waged by both campaigns, especially in the state of Pennsylvania, where lawyers are already on the scene. Yesterday evening, about 3 a.m. at the White House, and maybe we should say this morning, President Trump gave his remarks to his crowd of supporters and called into question the stop that we saw overnight in the vote counting. This is without question the latest news conference I've ever had. Thank you. I appreciate it very much. And I want to thank the American people for their tremendous support. Millions and millions of people voted for us tonight. And uh, a very sad group of people is trying to disenfranchise that group of people. And we won't stand for it. Kind of interesting uh, there to listen, Brian, to the president who's taken some heat for apparently, allegedly declaring victory. He said, I think we've won. Joe Biden has said the same thing, but certainly the media being very tough on President Trump saying he has no right to declare victory, which 
I think both campaigns sort of did last night. And both campaigns, uh, not sort of, exactly do that when there are election disputes. Go back to 2000 in Florida. Uh, you had George W. Bush on election night saying he was the winner. You had Al Gore calling, well, I should dial George W. Bush and congratulate him. And then calling him back and saying, I'm sorry I lost my head. I <laughs> take so it all back. Right. So these are the things you need to say. And remember, flashback to yesterday, Jennifer, right here on The Morning Answer, or maybe the day before when we quoted President Trump, who said, the night of, the night of, not the morning after, but this was even before the election day, November 3, yesterday, Tuesday, the night of, we're sending our attorneys and our best teams into these swing states. And Pennsylvania is uh, rather fertile, if you will, for uh, for claims uh, here on a Wednesday, the morning after the election, but not really because no one's been elected to the presidency yet. And I'm pretty sure that those lawyers have uh, have been there and they've been in Michigan. They've been in Pennsylvania because, uh, well, one of them we know, Mark Moisier, who is our friend. He ran for secretary of state right here in California. He was deployed to uh, Philadelphia. He is sitting in the state of Pennsylvania right now watching over some of these vote counts. And uh, again, uh, you know, And I've said this to you before, and I really, truly mean it. As much as I want to see a President Trump victory here, what is best for this country is if we would have known on election night who the president was if there was a clear winner. Unfortunately, I think we are going to be in a really tough spot right now because there are a lot of people who sit on my side of the aisle who are Republicans who say, wait a second, I don't remember election nights where we just stopped counting. It seemed that this is sort of new territory, uncharted territory, where states like North Carolina and Georgia, many people feel should have been called for the president pretty early on in the evening, they stopped counting. And that's that's a momentum shift. It also makes people doubt the system, and it also makes people think, gosh, are they looking around in trunks of cars for ballots that maybe don't belong to people but have been sacked away just in case they needed them? Insurance policies, if you well, will. Well, it also uh, serves as a uh, progress report on the U.S. government and, and, and individual 50 states and the ability to actually – Conduct elections and fairly, securely count the votes. I I mean, really, I feel like I'm in a time capsule. Uh, Some of us are old enough to remember and being adult people in the year 2000 when this happened. Not this exactly, but something very similar to this happened in Florida. It came down to 500 and what? 37 votes that mm-hmm. that ultimately the Supreme Court decided the remember we had to divine the intention of the voter and that went on for well over a month into December before George W Bush was announced the 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 winner of the presidency and I and I think we have here because we've talked about it Jen foundation blocks blocks build cinder blocks building bricks building a foundation for legal case after legal case all along the way here and we've and we've identified those moments haven't we we have and uh, i have to tell you that's one of the stories of the night how we could have not have been prepared in uh, states like this who knew that they were what their laws are on the books, what new practices they put into place because of COVID and how we couldn't deal with those things by um, effectively making sure we could count every single vote. So a lot of scrutiny on those states that we mentioned, primarily Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, which will be getting some scrutiny today, Georgia and North Carolina as well. Nevada seems to be just kind of hanging out on the West. It doesn't seem like there's too much of a dispute there. It is leaning towards Joe Biden as you wake up this morning. But the other storyline, 
is yeah, this- just how wrong the pollsters had this one. The pollsters had this as a shocking blue wave. Now, no matter what happens in this in the outcome of the presidential, this was not the shocking blue wave. In fact, it looks like Republicans will actually pick up a few seats in the House. There won't be a shift to the balance of power. And the Senate will stay the same. And it looks like the Senate will stay the same. In fact, a pretty good night for Republican senators. Remember, they were talking about how Lindsey Graham was going to lose his seat in South Carolina. His opponent, Jamie Harrison, spent $104 million to try to oust and, Lindsey Graham. And Lindsey Graham was announced as a winner really early on in the night. Jamie spent all $104 million, uh, all $104 million on emails to my personal Gmail I think account. I think that's right. <laughs> I got 17 a day. Thank you, Jamie. I, I, you're in the junk file now. You got the bulk. So Lindsey Graham was a big one. Joni Ernst, who was a big deal for Republicans. Remember, after Obama State of the Union, she gave the Republican response after her election. She won pretty handily. Susan Collins, who I was really questioning, she has not been called the official winner, but she's up by a significant amount. It seems that she will be called. And Tom Tillis, who also was down by about four points as early as two weeks ago, seems to have eked that one out against his challenger, Cal Cunningham, who, remember, we talked about this. He had a couple of mistresses come out towards the end of that election. That might have been a deciding or contributing factor in the outcome. You know, uh, we remember uh, what you said a moment ago about uh, how, how you know, th- these races are unable to be called. There was a time 20 years ago when there was a lot of conversation about some sort of federal uniformity, whether it be uh, ATM-style technology, uh, whether it be the old-fashioned stylus uh, or or the lever pull that they have back east in New York. But it's pretty clear, and I'll tell you, it's pretty frustrating at 48, 20 years after Bush v. Gore in Florida, to be sitting here with a similar problem. Now, record turnout, higher numbers of ballots to count, could create problems. But if you had a real fail-safe system, it shouldn't create this haywire circumstance the morning after a supposed election of the leader of the free world. There really, to me, is not an excuse. You knew what the situation was. You knew it for a long time. You don't stop counting in the middle of the night. You keep going, and you get people a winner, and you do it expeditiously. All right, as we continue, a lot of arrests made in Los Angeles last night. Plus, we'll update you on some of the key California congressional races. Our friend Don Dix checking in. He'll be here all morning morning long as the morning answer continues every morning breaking news and talk you can trust this is the answer with brian whitman and jennifer horan thanks for joining us it's the day after wednesday and of course post-election wrap-up we warned you <laughs> not the election, over yet that's right brian whitman Jennifer Horn here, and it is a crazy morning. We're still digging out from last night's election. There is not a clear winner yet in the presidency, but we are going to check in with our friend Don Dix. He's been with us at the California desk all evening long. He continues this morning, and Brian, uh, we're going to welcome him in a couple of times an hour just to give an update on some of those key races that we're following right here in the state of California. Good morning, Don. Well, good morning, guys. It's great to be with you. How is everybody feeling this post-election day? That's a fair question. Do you want a quick answer? I think I'm feeling as if the chaos 
And I really do believe the chaos vis-a-vis President Trump really kicked into a higher higher gear with his first debate performance followed immediately by a COVID-19 diagnosis and some of his behaviors during uh, that, uh, that hospital stay and the return to the White House. America is a nation with frayed nerves. And Don, I think they're a bit more frayed this morning. I know I'm feeling that way. And I'm confident in saying that I think there's more than a few people out in America and Southern California hearing the morning answer feeling that way as well. Well, you know, there's uh, that, that can go both ways. The California voters decided that they didn't want any more money listed from their pockets in a big way. Proposition 15 going down to a, I think what can be safely be said, given the way that a lot of these votes, uh, the, these contests uh, played out with huge margins uh, between them. Prop 15 had a very narrow margin, 50, almost 52%, 51.7% of the voters said no to an additional $12 billion in taxes, 50, uh, 48% uh, saying yes. And, uh, and that just goes to show you that there is a, this, this move, they've been after, uh, the split role approach to separating business property from residential property for 10 years. Now, and uh, this is the closest they've gotten, putting something on the ballot and actually challenging uh, this with a split role, carving out business properties, demonizing business owners as those that were had been taking advantage of some form of loophole in the California tax code, even though uh, property that was business classified as business and property that was classified as residential have been unified for uh, the better part of the entire the entire time yeah. that we've had property taxes in California. Let's, uh, that to me is one of the most outstanding results for California in the propositions. Let's uh, let's go through some of these uh, propositions. That is a big one. Prop fourteen. We'll just get ahead of you there a bit. Borrowing uh, m- money for stem cell research that did pass fifty one percent yes to forty eight point nine percent no. Proposition sixteen, Don, is about affirmative action that would bring affirmative action back. Essentially, this one uh, really went down by a pretty large margin. Yeah, I think people pretty much saw through what was happening here, along with everything else that's been uh, going on as it relates to race. California voters saw through this and they said, no, you're not going to put race-based preferences back into hiring, back into college uh, admissions, back into uh, state bureaucracies. And that went down to a, uh, a very um, decisive defeat. 56% of the California voters said no. You're not going to remove that language from our Constitution. Forty-three, almost forty-four uh, percent said yes to that one. Right. Interesting. As we look at them, um, we had—I uh, always try to say his name right—John Kupal of the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association, and he said to everybody, "Say no on Prop 19." And I said, "John, tell them this way." No to COVID-19 and no to Prop 19. Prop 19 dealt with the estate tax, as it's been called for so many years, Don. Uh, that was a, uh, well, that was a, uh, that was a narrow victory for the no side. Uh, well, Prop 19 actually, uh, was. Voted, I'm sorry. I'm looking, uh, 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 go again. around. Yeah. Yeah, And it was narrow. You're right. Uh, Proposition 19 is about being able to inherit property without the additional uh, inheritance tax, uh, being able to keep the basis of the property beforehand. And so uh, a tremendous amount of money was invested in this proposition by the realtor associations in California. 
they wanted to see that property come back onto the market and uh, Prop 19 doing exactly that, 51.5% saying yes, 48% no. They dumped a ton of money into what many people consider to be very deceptive advertising with a former legislative director of the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association actually leaving the organization several months ago and moving over to a uh, paid position essentially by the people that were funding Prop 19 so that he would say, you know, it could use the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association label on the yes uh, vote. I think this is a clear indication of how voters really need to pay attention yeah. because and there's I, a lot of deception in this one. I think they get really tricked. And because I have OCD, I got to go back, guys. We skipped over something. <laughs> I know, Jen. Ha- I have OCD, <laughs> I have too. To, I have to have a list here. All right. So just to run them down, 14, yes, that's stem cell research. 15, commercial property taxes, a split role. That's a good good decision, at least in my mind. No on 15, pass 51 to 48. Proposition 16, affirmative action to return, that went down, no, 56 to 43. Proposition 17, that would allow parolees to vote, that passed overwhelmingly, 59% to 41%. And then Proposition 18, this one was interesting, to allow some 17-year-olds to vote, that went down, bigly, as the president would say, 55% no, 44% yes. We mentioned 19, that is winning right now, yes, 51, no, 48. Don, take us through 20, Proposition 20, which uh, was kind of a, a walk back on propositions 47 and 57. Yeah, you know, early polling said that the California voters were very concerned about these shifts in the criminal justice system. And uh, Prop 20 was there to fix uh, many of the uh, aspects of Prop 47 and 57 that essentially would allow people to go into stores and did allow people to go into stores and steal uh, up to 950 shoplift, uh, literally, or steal from your neighbor. Any any petty theft, up to $950 is a, a misdemeanor un, under Prop 47. And you this recall, Don, that this was part- driven by Governor Gavin Newsom, who came out and proposed this as policy. He proposed as policy changing the conditions of parole. It was controversial at the time, uh, and this prop, uh, you know, uh, very timely on the ballot yesterday. Right. So... Two things. You've got violent crime, violent crime that was downgraded into uh, just felonies, enabling people to have a pathway to early release. Um, and, and we're talking about some pretty serious what, what you would call violent felonies. But nonetheless, Prop 20, uh, California voters resoundingly defeating that. And that, I think, is a case where uh, the writing, uh, the, the writing of a title and the writing of a ballot proposition, uh, needs to be yeah. a lot more clear to California voters. Cause I just can't believe California voters want to allow people to steal up to $900, collect a pile of misdemeanor, uh, tickets and never have to actually deal with them in the court, uh, beyond a misdemeanor. Doesn't status. make a lot of sense. Proposition 21, which was rent control, a uh, 59% said no, 40% said yes. Want to spend some time on Prop 22, guys. That is, of course, the one that Uber and Lyft put a ton of money into, and that passed 58 to 41. That is such an important thing because, of course, there's so many different jobs that use the independent contractor status. Obviously, the money was with the rideshare industry. They were able to get this onto the ballot. They were able to do the advertising. Uh, a lot less money spent on the no side of that. So you see the results, 58% voting to reinstate the independent contractor status to rideshare jobs, 42% no. 
All right, and Don Dix Uber, will be with us. Go ahead, if Brian. If you're an Uber customer, uh, like the former prince of Uber, I'm now That's the leader of Lyft. Yeah. I've uh, changed my, alloy- uh, my allegiance. Last night, re- very quickly after the result was called on Prop 22, a note for Uber customers right there on the app about their plan oh, cool. forward. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of cool. They gave the victory lap. All right. Just yeah, to round it out, absolutely. 23 was a no vote. That was for kidney dialysis. 24, new consumer privacy rules. That was yes, 56%. And Proposition 25 about cash bail. That was a no vote, 55%. Don Dix will join us throughout the morning with updates on races right here in California, plus some big arrests overnight in the city of Los Angeles. We'll bring you up to speed as your Wednesday morning answer continues. Every morning. Breaking news and talk you can trust. This is The Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horan. Thanks for joining us. It is the day after Election Day. We thank you for spending your morning with us. And uh, it's Brian Whitman, Jennifer Horn. This is another historic election where we shouldn't be surprised. It's 2020. Brian, we sort of expected this. I was hoping against it, but that we, we wouldn't get a clear-cut winner on election night. We have not, and here we sit today trying to figure it all out. And yesterday and for many days before here on The Morning Answer, we've been telling folks uh, to not expect that the winner of the presidential race will be known by last night, by Tuesday night, as we would say, in advance of Election Day. We had many guests who said that as well. And why would we say that? We said that because we knew that both campaigns have spent a lot of money on attorneys, on retainer, and President Trump just saying the day before the election, I believe on Election Eve, on Monday's broadcast, we talked about that story where the president said uh, to the media, no, we're sending our election teams in on the, on the night of the election, we're not waiting till Wednesday morning. They'll be in place last night, Tuesday. And they were, and, and it's a pretty good thing that they were. I hope he dispatched a bunch of them to Pennsylvania. The state of Pennsylvania is, for lack of a better term, the Florida of 2000 yeah. is the is Pennsylvania in this 2020 election. And I'd even add, uh, add on to that, saying uh, Wisconsin and Michigan, a lot of disputes happening there. There are some counties uh, and some new votes that have just been added in Michigan, particularly, that 100% of them went to Joe Biden. Now, that's really hard to believe. Well, he's a popular candidate. He's a popular guy. I understand. But there's also this is and this is what I didn't want to see happen. I didn't want to see us starting to question the process because I want everybody who cast a vote legally to have their vote counted. But as it should be, when you start to see these strange numbers kind of coming back, it becomes a problem. I do want to tell you about some unrest here in Los Angeles. The LAPD arrested dozens of people after twice declaring an unlawful assembly Tuesday, issuing dispersal orders for what they called an unruly crowd near Staples Center. More than 40 people who were blocking the train tracks how dumb are you, by the way, were detained, according to LAPD officer Mike Lopez. They said adding that all of them were arrested on suspicion of failure to disperse. Here's the suspicion. They're still there. Standing on it. As Jennifer eloquently reads the details of this unrest in Los Angeles last night, consider that sometime, some election day very soon on a ballot in your face will be that big question. Should we defund, get rid, put out of business police departments in this country? 
Listen, what happened last night? How would you feel if uh, you woke up in an America where they had been defunded, no police departments, and this type of thing is going on? And I have to say, I'm glad the LAPD was out there because what is really bothering me about cities around the country is that they boarded up. Instead of saying, no, we are not going to tolerate unrest after the election, we are going to uh, to stand up and stand against it, businesses just boarded up and left town. That's not who we are as a country. So I'm glad the LAPD was out there, and uh, 30 people were detained before those 40 were arrested. They were cited and then released for blocking an intersection. This was uh, because this unlawful assembly was declared because this group got pretty large. It was unruly. They were throwing rocks and blocking the streets. Right. That caused police officers to, again, try to address that situation. 40 arrests made overnight. Terry is waking up in Winneka. And by the way, you can join us all morning long. We want to hear from you, your experiences, what you're thinking of all these election results at 855-785-8255, 855-785-8255. Terry in Winnetka. Good morning, Terry. Good morning, Jen. As I was following early election returns last night, uh, I heard the call for Arizona, uh, for Biden yeah. winning Arizona by Fox. And the polls hadn't even closed in Arizona yet. Yeah, it was a it, Fox. Actually, Brian and I were talking about this off the air of all the networks. I actually saw the yeah. most criticism for how Fox News handled this election. First up is the state of Virginia, where President Trump was winning by over 10 percentage points. They called that immediately for Joe Biden with people scratching their head as to what was going on in the state of Virginia. Then in Arizona, there were still people standing in line and Fox called this. They actually hadn't even started their counting in Maricopa County. They were amazing million votes away from even beginning to that they hadn't even counted yet when Fox right. made this call. And even Governor Ducey came out and said, this isn't right. And Governor Ducey? tried to get them to, to walk it back. Yeah. Governor and- Ducey. Uh, l- l- let me say to you, no relation to Steve Ducey, we no. don't think. Uh, uh, Terry, to your point, and Jennifer, to your point, the reason that Fox call is so controversial is because I think all three of us are old enough to remember November of 2000 when the network's called races when people and called states when people were still online in those states to cast their ballots and one of the takeaways one of the surefire things we understood that the media had gotten after that terry was that no more would they call states before the polls had closed if people were online waiting to vote but fox uh, did that 20 years is a long time but it's not that long of a time to go uh, and disregard some of those new norms that were put into place after florida in 20 may i uh, I say also that not only florida in 2000 but think back to when you were quite the young fellow sir Ooh, a whippersnapper is what we call him (laughs) yes during uh president reagan's first election the presidency the race for the presidency was called before 9:30 eastern time well i could have called that one before 1968 <laughs> yeah i mean well, that was a blower <laughs> but, uh, but but your point is well taken doesn't make it right and terry you i know, go I'm ahead not, i'm not sure that uh in fact i i do think we should withhold calls we can give information i agree but I with think you we should withhold calls until so most Western polls have closed. Yeah, because California, we start to see the trends. And does that say, do people shrug then and say, you know what, we're not going to the polls because we see X, Y, and Z? Terry, I think it's a great call. And it's how I was feeling last night, actually. So thank you for bringing that up, Terry and Winneka, 855-785-8255. I have to tell you, as we were doing the coverage last night, Brian, I was sitting here going, 
there are so many things that are the, and, and you know how much I love the system and I truly mean this this is not coming as Jen the Trump supporter this is coming as I Jen know. the American and I know that and I'm certain that your morning answer listeners know that it is it is imperative that the votes that the fact that we've started changing all the rules and we've created all this gray area I get it it's a pandemic you want to do early voting that's fantastic but we should be able to have the systems in place to make this work there is no excuse for that there's also no excuse for networks going in while people are still standing in line and making these calls and I think Terry brings up a great point as much as it makes for a late night on the east coast and people want immediate answers it has always bothered me as a California voter my whole life that I can see the trend of the whole country and go Gosh, is it really worth to go going to the polls if I haven't already gone yet? And I don't want to sound like a broken record, but uh, from yesterday in the evening time until this moment, I've been thinking a lot about Florida 2000 and what it put the country through. I was fortunate enough, lucky, lucky is the word, to be on the radio uh, here in Southern California. It was a crazy time and people were uneasy. And one of the components of these premature network projections about who may have won a certain state is that it created in a very real sense voter suppression for people. For example, Florida, East Coast, they're on the Atlantic Ocean and, and, and that state is called it that has an impact uh, in a staggered way of all of the states all the way out here to California. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, People say, ah, I'm not going to vote. It doesn't matter when, in fact, the call was not accurate. Mm-hmm. And and now votes have been tampered with intentions have been uh, squashed. And that's irresponsible. And and I, you're hearing frustration from me because in 20, 20 years ago, I promise you I was here. We heard it from all of them. Uh, we need to have voter reform here yeah. and the uniformity. He was still there at the and time. And then they forget. Do they forget or do they just stop? Or they caring? think maybe it goes on. You know, it could also be. I mean, I hate to think this about people, but maybe they think, well, maybe one day this actually serves our purpose. So we'll just shut up. I don't know. But I will tell you this. It is so frustrating. As much as I am glad I had a two and a half hour nap last night because things really shut down. It shouldn't have. The fact that anybody stopped counting, the president is right about this. You do not stop counting on election night. You keep going because this is important. A a speedy answer is important to the American people, however it turns out. Some key congressional races. We will give you an update on those, plus the battle for the balance of power in the Senate as your Wednesday morning answer continues. Brian Whitman's voices. Jennifer Horn's brain. What else do you need to start your day? This is the morning answer. Thanks for joining us. It is the day after Election Day. Brian Whitman, Jennifer Horn, we thank you for spending your morning with us. And we are bringing in our California correspondent for the day, Don Dix. He joins us from the Jen and Don Show. Thanks for being with us, Don. Good morning. Good morning. Great to be with you. Great to be with you on this uh, all-important day after the voting. No more voting, as Donald Trump said. Well, only counting. Yeah, unless you're in certain states, and then maybe we'll count right. a few. <laughs> right. And no more casting ballots either, guys. Let's not get yeah. crazy. No more filling out ballots. Stay I mean, out of your crazy. trunk, people. <laughs> I do think, Don, ahead of your report here, we're, we're getting to a point where we can't say the morning after the election because the president was not elected. Or as I like to say, and I have said this week purposefully, designated. There you go. How about election the, day? The morning after election day. How about election season? And it's not even over. It will continue. And by the way, factoid from your morning answer in November. Well, in 2000, when there was a conflict in Florida, hanging chads and perforated chads and bulging eyeballs, looking at ballots. 
on what date did the Supreme Court rule that George W. Bush, then governor of Texas, would be the next president? Well, the first Tuesday after first Monday of November was the election. It was not until December 12 that that decision was reached. So that's a long time for a nation and for markets to withstand the instability. I think uh, the worry in this is maybe that it won't even take that long, but that the stoppage of the voting and uh, that's what happened overnight that people went to bed. President Trump looked really good in a lot of states. And then all of a sudden they woke up this morning and now we're learning if you're just joining us that Wisconsin and Michigan, they're saying, are now leaning blue. And a lot of people on President Trump's side of the aisle are calling foul on this. And the president's quote. Go ahead, Don. No, I, I was going to say they are. And since you mentioned the markets, I just wanted to share right now the Dow is sitting at 257 points up, uh, the S&P at 46 points up, and the NASDAQ at 247 points up. NASDAQ, very strong today, up 2%. Uh, the S&P up 1.3 and the Dow up 1% on the news that there is no decision yet on the outcome of a presidential election. Let's talk and, about oh, – yeah. go ahead, Brian. Sorry. I was just going to give a, <laughs> a, a glance at the scoreboard. What's yeah. up, Jen? What oh, no, I was just laughing. I'm like, we're all passing the ball around. <laughs> well, like, we're doing know. a little panel here, but it's We're Don's all excited. Time. We're all riled up. Uh, Don, <laughs> Don the, the fine man from uh, Corona, California, I believe, uh, right. has uh, – has uh, yielded the balance of his time to the bald man from Glendale. Uh, <laughs> but I'll give it um, – you'll reclaim your time because I'll give it back to you. Uh, even the networks can't agree. ABC News, ABC News, reporting right now that uh, as it stands now, uh, the electoral scoreboard with 86% of expected vote reporting, they give former Vice President Joe Biden 225 electoral votes. They give the incumbent President of the United States, Donald Trump, 213 uh, electoral votes. Of course, you need 270 to win. Then you go on over uh, to another network, CBS News, and they give Joe Biden 224 electoral votes, not the 225 that ABC is so generous with. The 213 for Trump stays similar, uh, stays exact, uh, as a matter of fact. Uh, 270 needed to win. We spoke a lot, Don, about the path to 270 uh, for, for both of these candidates, and it was reported that uh, Joe Biden had more options available to him. But once again, President Donald Trump, as uh, a certain prophet who works here at this company, has said (laughs) now two elections in a row, if anyone can defy odds on Election Day, it's President Well, and if anybody's not going to be bullied, I mean, I think most of us start to, (laughs) at least Republicans in California, start to flash back to 2018 when on election night we went to bed and uh, Republicans had done really well in congressional races. And then all of a sudden we wake up and we start counting. And three weeks later, races are flipped. And so I think that's why you're seeing a lot of shock run through the bodies of Republicans here that this could be happening again on a national level. Don, I do want to talk to you about those congressional races here in California. Many people following them. I know there are a few that are really close, some of them spelling better news for Republicans than others. Why don't you take us through some of the the close races, at least for congressional representation here in our state? Well, one of the one of the races is the was the open seat in Congressional District eight. That was uh, vacated by Paul Cook, who has decided to go on uh, go in a different direction in life. Uh, that particular race, uh, you have, the contestants are Jay Obernolte, Assemblyman Jay Obernolte, and Christine Bubzer. Uh, Jay Obernolte, with 100% of the vote being reported now, 
uh, Christine Bubzer at 56%, a very, um, I think, important race to maintain that seat. Paul Cook, a Republican, vacating that seat, leaving an open seat. Tom McClintock up, up in the uh, 4th Congressional District of California, uh, 52%. Brian Kennedy at 47%. Tom McClintock, the Republican, the incumbent. Uh, holding that seat, very uh, a very important seat to maintain. And then moving down into the one that is uh, Jennifer Horn's seat, the one that she lives And Brian in, Whitman, the by the way. Yes, I, I, I am Whitman. still here. Uh, I live in the 28th. I do live there. I'm right, in there Chief Country. But I cast a vote for right. Eric Early. I did it later in the day, but I did cast. I got it done. Well, that's, that, that, that might explain why Eric Early doing a little bit better after the initial results. Boy, that was a tough one uh, looking at that. Um, when it was initially reported, Eric Early, like with 15% of the vote, but it's right. not getting much better for him in the 28th congressional district against Adam Schiff, Donald Trump's primary nemesis in the House. Uh, Adam, uh, Adam Schiff claiming 74% of the vote to Eric Early's 25, almost 26%. That's hey, Eric, just uh, it, a, a stunning amount of, uh, a stunning difference. It's a stunning disparity, but I have to say this, and Jennifer will laugh because Eric Early, the first time he came on the morning answer, clearly our roles were defined. He was my nemesis. I was his. Remember the little bickering on the phone? He was bringing up some. I said, you got some off the wall thing. And he was okay. Then I met him and we had other interviews and we've become uh, pals. And I even voted for him. And I want to say this about Eric Early the morning after the election. That is a race that has been decided. Adam Schiff will continue in the U.S. in the U.S. Congress House representative. Representatives. The race run by Eric Early was necessary for the framers of the Constitution, the, the founding fathers, never viewed the House of Representatives as this you know, national platform. And it was actually viewed as a place you go to for a short period of time and then return to your home district and have a, a, quote, a, a quote, typical job and live under the laws you passed when you were there. Adam Schiff's reluctance to embrace or to even seem to have any interest in what's going on in his home district, that is the reason he is there in the first place, yeah. is an offense so egregious to, to, uh, to public service and the concepts of public service that Eric Early had felt an obligation to run. I'm glad he didn't. And I'm you know what? He actually morning. got Adam Schiff to spend a little bit money of uh, money. He actually challenged him a bit. So while it didn't look as good, I'm sure as, uh, as Eric wanted to see those results, at least he made Adam Schiff work for it a bit. The races I'm actually most interested in. So maybe we can, uh, we can kind of jump to those. Mike Garcia's race in the 25th. He, I think is losing still in that race, but it is very close. Also young Kim and Michelle Steele in orange County. Give us an update on those three, Don. Sure. Well, Young Kim is uh, the uh, challenger in this case. Gil Cisneros is the Democrat incumbent. And right now, the, the state of California is saying this is a close race, could shift. But uh, right now, Young Kim with 50.2% of the vote and Gil Cisneros with 49.8% of the vote. And this is just another example. You know, you go through all these races where uh, you've got, uh, you know, these huge numbers where you might be tempted to think your vote doesn't count. You never know how these are going to come out. But in this particular case, 133,263 votes for Gil Cisneros, 134,000. 
556 for Young Kim. We have about 10 Do seconds math, down, so give us a an update on 25 for Mike Garcia and also on Michelle Steele's race, uh, 48. Yeah, so thank you. Uh, for the 25th rate uh, district where Gil, uh, where uh, Mike Garcia, he is at 49 and a half to Christy Smith, 50.5. And Young Kim down in Orange County, that would be the, uh, sorry, I'm sorry. Harley uh, Rowda and Michelle Steele, 40, yeah, the 48th. Right. Yeah. 48, that, that, that race, uh, Daryl, I'm sorry, uh, Dana Rohrbacher's old seat, 48, is, uh, again, another very close contest. Uh, Harley Rauda, the incumbent, 49.7%. Michelle Steele getting 50.3%. We'll continue to follow those races. Don Dix, thanks so much. He'll be back with us next hour. America headed to election overtime. We'll bring you the latest as your morning answer continues.